All right, guys, welcome to the UTC Real Estate Club podcast. I'm here, Tim Stone, with my other host, Ian Cushing, and today we are interviewing Eddie Bodkin. He's a local uh, real estate investor, agent, wholesaler. He's got a whole lot going on, and he was a student here at UTC, so we're going to go ahead and dive into his story. Eddie, thank you for being here. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, so uh, if you could go ahead and start the way we start the podcast is just talk about your life before real estate and sort of what led you in that direction. Okay. Like you went to UTC, talk yeah. about your major, what you studied, and then how did that play into what you do now? Yeah, so so coming out of high school and then going into college, you know, my mindset was just, you know, work really hard, get, you know, one or two college degrees, end up getting two. Um, and then, you know, that would lead to just, you know, being financially successful. I mean, that's, I just remember that just being just, you know, just, just reiterated over and over from at least high school or maybe even earlier, you know, so that's what I thought would be, you know, my path to success. So I started here uh, at UTC right out of high school, studied psychology. Um, and then from after getting that degree, I went on to get another degree at a different university. I got a master's degree in psychology. And then I went even further than that, um, and just basically got some like postgraduate licensing or, or licensure um, to be able to you know to use that in the field. So um, so really, I was like about a year away from having a, a PhD, and I started realizing well, even the PhDs in my field really weren't making money. You know, so I thought yeah, I've really got to do something because I you know I worked in the field. I tried to make it work for about four to five years, um, and then you know that was right around that last market crash around two thousand eight nine ish. You know, when I was trying to make all that work right after I'd finished. School. And so I thought, man, I really got to do something. Like, I'm not even making enough. Like, you know, with, with those, both of those degrees and postgraduate training, like, I wasn't even really making any more than if I'd never done all of that, you know. So I thought, I've got to, you know, figure something out. So I just had happened to, um, you know, I read a couple of real estate books. I think Rich Dad Poor Dad was the first one I read. Um, so I just kind of dove into some, you know, some real estate books. Um, and then I went to a couple of real estate seminars. And I thought, okay, well, you know, this is something that's, you know, just kind of non conventional, something that is, you know, just, just different than what I was used to. You know, it seems like I can really I can make my own path here um, and essentially have more control over what I was doing. So, you know, so I just um, I started just learning that. I took about a year to learn real estate, um, and then in 2010 I did my f- first three wholesale deals. And literally my uh, my my first marketing strategy because I was broke from two big college degrees and no decent job. It was taking a list of people in foreclosure and door knocking. That was year one in real estate for me. You know, so I did three deals my first year. Um, then after that, I you know picked up. I was doing eight, ten, twelve, fifteen deals a year. You know, after that first year, um, and you know, so I just started out wholesaling. I did that for my first couple of years. Then after that, I expanded my real estate education and I spent more money. You know, to learn even more about how to you know really make it a business. And then uh, I started reading having going into my third year. Um, and then you know, just kind of the overview. So after that, you know, after going into like around my fifth year, I got my real estate license. That's, you know, part of what I use now to supplement my income and along with my wholesaling and flipping and, you know, what I do on that side. So, you know, so that's how I got into it. And that's, you know, kind of what drove me to real estate. It was just simply like the whole college thing, even though I think it's really important. And i you know, I think I gained a lot of really good experience and knowledge from, from doing that. It, you know, ultimately it didn't really lead me to, you know, having the income that, that I needed. Hmm. Okay. So, a lot of I want to unpack what you started get, diving into. You said you were wholesaling, you were yep. like flipping, rehabbing, all that. And that's a lot of it's a lot of work, a lot of hustle. Oh, yeah. And I I see a lot of times it's the way people start out. Mm-hmm. Is what? Why do you think that's the way that you went? Why do you think so many people start out wholesaling, start getting into rehabbing and flipping? Because I, f- I feel like the the cycle you went through is sort of what a lot of you know is, real yeah. estate investors end up getting into to start out. Um, 
What was what, what it about that, do you think? Well, I mean, like, when I started doing the real estate education, even just from before the time I even did my, my first several deals, I mean, just the... the um, um, the impression that I got just from other investors that I was learning from was just simply that, you know, really, if, if you're starting out with no money, you need to go the wholesaling route. And even now, you know, almost 11 years later, I would still tell somebody that. I mean, because, you know, you can literally, you know, get something under contract and assign the contract, you know, with very little money or maybe some earnest money down, you know, when you can just put a small amount if you need to. Um, you know, now realistically, I don't think you can make it a business that way, but at the same time, can you start out and get some traction that way? Yeah, absolutely. So really for me, again, that was why I started out with the wholesaling route was just because, you know, because the, I I wasn't even able to even make an income really to barely even live from both of those college degrees. And so, you know, I just had to kind of start out and just do whatever I could to get started, you know? And so that's why I did the the wholesaling and then progress into, you know, doing rehabbing and flipping then getting my license to where I could basically capitalize on more of my leads that I was generating through my marketing. And were you working during that whole time while doing wholesaling? Uh, so like the very first year it was an overlap. So that was in 2010. So I was still working my regular job and then, um, so I did my first three deals that year. So there is that overlap. But then after that, um, I, I just, I quit cold turkey. And I will say, so for people that are wanting to get in real estate, don't do what I did. I mean, like most of the time I would say, yeah, I did this. It worked well. Do it. But in terms of like quitting your job after doing just two or three good deals, don't do it until you have some systems in place. Because that's really kind of what led me to having to expand my real estate education, you know, and, and dive into it even deeper. Because like, you know, I did good with those first three deals or, or decent, you know, I, I made like probably close to half of what I made in, in those three deals, like half of what my annual income was for that year. And I thought, oh, well, you know, I'll just go ahead and just do real estate, you know. But what happened was like I, you know, I didn't do marketing. I didn't know how to do it consistent enough. I didn't have, you know, really the right systems in place to, to have consistent deal flow. So it was like, you know, that second year, you know, and even into the third year, kind of, it struggled because I just, you know, I didn't really know how to make it a system. So that's why I, um, you know, just expanded my real estate education to really know how to make it work that way. So, mm-hmm. so don't do what I did. Taper off, you know, don't, don't quit your job cold Turkey, but you know, use it as use real estate as a way to, um, to replace your income. I mean, if that's, if that's your goal. Yeah. Awesome. And I, I think a lot of college students, which are what most of our listeners are, are going to be interested in wholesaling. Yeah. So would, could you talk about, uh, I know you said door knocking, like what did the first few deals look like? You know, once you actually got in there, you know, maybe like, how many how many deals or how many doors do you have to knock? How many people do you talk to before you got your first deal? And then what did the first deal look you, like? You know that the, when I when I look at all of my marketing that I've done, and I've done a lot of different marketing campaigns at this point. But the door knocking that really was probably I would say like still my best like. Uh, cost per lead and cost per deal, minus like the gas of driving around and the stress of having mm-hmm. to you know walk up to someone's door and say, hey, you know, I, I noticed that you're you know you're having a problem with your property or you're in foreclosure or whatever, you know. Um, but outside of that, like really, like the numbers are really good. Like I know that you know from my first year going into my second year, like really focusing on the pre foreclosures. I mean, I was like actually closing one out of every like twenty or thirty people that I door knocked. Like, so this is really, yeah, really good numbers in terms of like the, how many people I had to talk to, uh, to get a deal, you know, now, Mm -hmm. I mean, like you send out thousands and thousands of mailings or do a lot of cold calling, you know, to get one deal. Um, but, but with the door knocking, like it was really, really efficient. And I will say 
the difference, I, I, you know, like right now, I don't think the numbers will be the same. You know, mm-hmm. a big thing is because of the market, like there's very few foreclosures, there's more competition. Everyone is flipping houses now, by the way, if you haven't noticed. So, you know, there's a lot of other variables right now that would make those numbers different. But like when I started in 2010, I mean, like that was, I mean, the market was still like totally depressed. It was down. So, um, you know, so that I think also helped me to have better numbers there. But still, I mean, it was, I mean, a great campaign to start out with. If you can just, you know, suck it up and do it. Um, that was really some. I would say it's still my best numbers in terms of the number of people I had to talk to to get a deal. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Um, do, you, do you have any questions? Well, so you said you'd knocked on about 20 doors before you got that deal. Oh, yeah. So you want to talk about the first deal. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, let's talk about the okay, first Okay. So the first deal, okay. So the first actual deal I did, it was not one of the door knocking deals. I was working on that and I'd actually got a property under contract. Um, I mean, it was like December. I think it was like Christmas Eve, December of 2009. And, um, or, or maybe it was the day before Christmas Eve. It was like 20, December 20 something, you know, and I got this one property under contract. Um, and it was a short sale. The first short sauce I tried to start working, but it just fell through after like two or three months. I couldn't get the banks to come down to the price I needed. Um, so, so I was already like starting that process like then, but going into 2010, um, the first actual deal I closed was not one of those door knocking deals. It was a, um, it was another, it was a, it was a deal that another wholesaler had like this little like crack house duplex sometime, somewhere downtown. Um, and I mean like he had it for like 20 grand. I helped him sell it for like 22 or 23. I made a thousand bucks on it, you know? So it got me started. At least I could say, Hey, I closed the deal. Um, but yeah, you know, that was the very first one. Wasn't anything glamorous. Wasn't like the stuff you see on TV. Someone makes like 40 or 50 grand, you know, on a flip. It was like literally just a, just a junky duplex. And I helped another guy bring him or found a buyer, helped him find a buyer for his, his deal, his wholesale deal. And I closed it. But then after that, you know, I was doing like, um, with the door knocking, it was pre foreclosure properties. And so what I was doing there was I was going in and, you know, getting the property under contract. Um, and, and the contract was, you know, specific to like, I'm going to negotiate a short sale, you know? So I went through, um, the process of contacting the banks, uh, on the seller's behalf and negotiating their, their mortgage down, you know? And since prices were so low, man, I got some killer deals, you know, doing that. And I really wish, you know, like looking back at that, I wish that I'd had the resources and the experience I have now to really, to hang on to at least a good number of those properties I sold to everyone else my first, you know, four years or so. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a, Definitely a much different market. Now, it really though. is. I mean, it's like night and day, you know, yeah, and I was talking sure. to a friend about that the other day. It's, it's like really a polar opposite of what it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what, what would you recommend to someone wanting to start now? Um, the way that you see the market today, 2021, someone wants to get their first wholesale deal. What do you think they should start trying Man, to do? I really think just, you know, I mean, the, the one thing I've seen is that I've seen investors that, um, or even realtors that, they may not have the the like the strongest work ethic, but they're successful because of the people they're around. You know, they, you mm-hmm. hear people talk about you know your your net work is your net worth, or whichever way you say it. You know, it's the mm-hmm. people that you're around is you know that has a significant impact on on your income. So I would really recommend like you know find some people that you can uh, you can hang with and learn from, even if it's for free, even if they let you just kind of like see what they do in their business. Um, and you know, learn from that because you you can go and do all the education. Like, and I've spent thousands and thousands of dollars on my real estate education. Um, and 
you know, so yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've seen it from a lot of different angles and, and there's a lot of it that's really good. And I would say it's worth the investment, but at the same time, there's still the aspect of you've got to apply in your market. So even if you go and, you know, spend, you know, however much on your real estate education, you really need like some local people to say, Hey, you know, this is what's going on in this market. This is what's going on right now. Or even this is, you know, these are the deals that investors are looking for if you want to wholesale. So it really has to do with your networking and connecting with the right people. Um, and really also having the mindset of, you know, you've got to stay consistent with them. I mean, like I said, I studied real estate for about a year before I even got the first property under contract and that one didn't even go through, you know, so it's, the consistency um, and and also just you know just surrounding yourself with the right people that's really the main thing you know and also you know you do have to know what you're doing I mean like I that is why I spent a year learning real estate because I didn't want to go door knocking and like not know what to say or like not know how to put a contract together or not know mm-hmm. how to talk to the bank to do a short sale so I spent that time like understanding that process but at the same time I was also um, connecting with other local people I mean like literally um, people that I still do business with now are people that I'm some people that I met um, my first year, almost 11 years ago, just in my first couple of, of RIA meetings. So mm-hmm. that's why it's just that important. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. That's definitely been a big thing for me is just the networking, just getting yeah. to know people. Because so many people just in the Chattanooga market are doing like everything. Like nobody's doing the same thing, it seems yeah. like. So there's just so many resources, especially if you're trying to figure out what you want to do. Like you just meet people that do that and figure out how you can help them or um, what you can do to be around them and learn from them. That's mm-hmm. like a and there's just there's somebody doing everything. There's yeah, so that's a good point. Like find your niche or find something that makes sense for you. It may not be like what you started out doing. Like I talked to somebody the other day that was kind of semi new to real estate. They lived in another area, but you know they started out like trying to do wholesaling. Then they got into like uh, investing in notes, which I've never done. But you know she was telling me that hey, you know this is something that just just getting the leads and just putting the deals together was working for her now. And I was like, well, okay, if that's working for you now, well then just, I mean, do that, you know, maybe go back to wholesaling or rehabbing at another time. So, you know, yeah. So finding something that, that is your niche or something that you're good at, I think is, uh, is really important, you know, and also finding out like, you know, what is, what, what are, what needs, uh, need to be met, you know, what is the pain point in, mm-hmm. in your marketplace or the people that you're, you're working with? Like it can be investors or buyers. It can be sellers. It can be, whoever, you know, anybody like in real estate, find out like what they need and go like meet that need, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a really good way to kind of find your direction, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and if you're able to do that, you can many times put deals together. Yeah. I think you'll find just being out there looking at what the need is. Like say you go to these meetings and there's a ton of beginners moving to the city and they all want yeah. a house hack. You're like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to put my head down. I'm going to pull the duplex list. I'm going to find every duplex. I'm going to get these people a duplex. Cause yeah. I know I can sell it. Yeah. Like, like maybe that's just, you're just getting out to see what everyone is up to is yeah. what's going to point you in the right direction where you need to go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's just, it's really about just understanding your market and, um, you know, having the techniques and, and the strategies, but also understanding your market to where you're able to, um, you know, to, to make it happen and apply, you know, the knowledge and skill that you can learn from an investor in another, another city, but, you know, taking that, you know, those skills or those strategies and, um, you know, knowing your market enough to be able to apply it. I mean, that's, I think that really is what makes the difference in people that start real estate and then stop, you know, versus people that keep going are the ones that, you know, have a good network and they're able to apply those skills that they learn maybe somewhere else to their market. I mean, it's like just vitally important. Hmm. So leading from wholesaling, you started doing flips mm-hmm. and then 
Is that what you do now? What exactly do you do now? What have you led to do? It's really kind of a, a combination now. Like as of like a couple of years ago, I started seeing that, you know, the houses that, um, that I was finding that were a good deal to rehab that if I actually got something that was a good deal for me I, at, in this market, you know, I mean, over the past one to two years, I really didn't have to rehab it just because like my numbers are conservative. Like I started out again, the market was like totally, I mean, bottomed out. I mean, me and you know, some of my partners, we were buying stuff at like 1970 prices. So for me, like everything is super high right now, just, just based on like the way, you know, where I started. So my numbers are still, I mean, they're still conservative. It's not unrealistic. I still do deals. I don't, you know, I wouldn't say that I, I'm I'm not wholesaling as much right now as what I did a few years ago, but like at the same time, like my numbers are still like I've got to you know it's got to meet a certain criteria. Mm-hmm. So I pass up on more stuff than I actually flip. That's kind of where the real estate license thing comes in, and we can talk about that in a minute. But um, but yeah, I mean it's it's really just um, like right now it's really more of like a hotel model. You know, it's you know I find it and I do whatever bare minimum I need to to be able to resell it retail. You know, and then sometimes I have a cash buyer that comes in and gives me, you know, a really good price for it, and I sell it mm. that way. You know, my buyer's list, or maybe someone else that reaches out to me if I post it on social media or somewhere else. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it's really kind of more of a, a hotel model, and uh, you know, the kind of everything else I just kind of list. You know, that stuff that's just way too high. I'm a house I looked at this morning. I mean, I thought, well, hey, you know, it was something that the seller told me, oh, there was fire damage. I thought, oh, all right, it could be a, a really good rehab or something, or even just a wholesale, mm-hmm. you know? So I went and looked at it and like, it was like in great shape and it was, you know, it really wasn't anything that had like tremendous fire damage. It was like the trash can caught on fire and it burnt <laughs> part of the kitchen floor and she'd already replaced it and wanted retail price. So, you know, so we're going to list it. I mean, and I do that all the time. Um, so that's really what it is. It's kind of like, you know, I, I, I do, I get in her contract, um, you know, as long as it's mostly habitable, I just do whatever needs to be done to make it pass an inspection when I resell it. And then, you know, anything else, I'll list it, you know. Now, when the market drops back down, I think it will. I mean, at some point in the near future, we don't know when, but, you know, we've been on a pretty long upswing in real estate right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, my strategy is, is going to be more of like when prices are lower, um, focus almost entirely on like buy and hold, which is what I wish I'd done when I started, you mm-hmm. know, 10, 11 years ago. Again, I wish I'd had those the resources yeah. to hang on to a lot of that stuff I sold to everyone else. So that's still kind of the plan. You know, now I'm able to do that, you know, whenever the market turns in another direction one of the things i love about the podcast is when a new term comes up that hasn't come up in the previous podcast so you mentioned wholetailing you talked about yeah. it a little bit would you mind giving a definition of wholetailing oh yeah just for it's, the purpose yeah. of the video it's i mean it's really kind of a combination between a rehab and a wholesale i mean you just you know like in that situation i am typically like like buying the property i'm not assigning a contract i'm taking profit money and i'm buying it but the, the goal is really to, to try to sell it to a retail buyer. You know, so again, it's got to be something that's in you know, decent enough shape to where it's livable, um, but it doesn't have to be something that's in pristine condition. It can be something that's you know, maybe kind of dated, but it's still livable. And pe- look, people are having bidding wars for that stuff all the time. So, um, you know, so that's what it is. It's just basically I you know, go and buy it, and instead of like doing a complete rehab, I do just you know, whatever I need to do to, to make it basically you know, um, uh, sellable to someone getting a loan, and then I put it back on the market. Mm. Yeah, I've I've seen people that'll just buy a like a hoarder house. It's just full of stuff. Yeah. They buy it, they hire some people to clean it out, and then they list it. Like that's yeah. how they do the house. And yeah, just because yeah. no one else was willing to do that, they were able to make the return. Yeah, and I mean, like to me, one thing I would say about that is it it kind of like 
kind of goes against like how I really want to do those properties in terms of like um, the satisfaction I get out of it because like I actually like going in and rehabbing and making everything like nice and new and like that that's brought me you know way more satisfaction than like you know selling the you know the, the cheap crack houses that I did starting out or you know part of what I did starting out um, so like you know making a nice product I mean that's really something I've, I've, I've just have a lot of satisfaction in doing but you know but now it's just really it's a smarter move to me you know to, to be able to go in and just uh, get a property and not have to do a complete rehab and really make I I mean, literally, I'm making as much or more on those deals as when I've done like full rehabs right now. You know, yeah. so it just makes so much more sense to do it that way. Even though my, my satisfaction in terms of the product isn't completely there because mm-hmm. I'm not rehabbing the whole thing, the satisfaction of what I get paid is there. So you know, that's that's why I'm you know I'm doing it. But you know, it's it's something that's just for right now. And then I mean, when things change, I'll go back to a different strategy. Yeah, and that's where the the term return on effort comes in. It is. Yeah. It's it's not return on your investment. It might be the same Very dollar true. amount. Very true. But you didn't have to do two months of rehab. Yeah, yeah. You, and maybe you could have made a little bit more if you yeah. rehabbed it, but you saved yourself two months or you know three months, however long it was going to take. Yeah. So. Especially now in this market, the return on effort is coming into play. A lot and considering more. the increased cost of materials and contractors being scarce and all of that, I mean, it's just unless you're doing like a ton of volume rehabbing or even building or whatever. I mean, for me, like it makes sense to do that totally. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. why I do it. So, so yeah, I mean, it's and and right now it's it's what's working. Yeah. Cool. So that's mostly what you're doing right now. You're just buying them, kind of doing a little bit of like the bare minimum, yeah. and then just flipping it yeah yeah and and, and, i mean if it's something that that needs a lot of work i mean i mean i'll still do a rehab but but for the most part i'm I'm getting stuff to where i don't have to do all of that Mm -hmm. you know um or if it's something that you know i mean because i i do marketing in a lot of different places so if it's something that really like is kind of outside of exactly where i would buy or not exactly what i would want i mean i'll definitely wholesale that you know just sign the contract or whatever so um you know so if it's not like in one of those areas where i know i can like hotel it i'll you know, I'll still just do like a regular assignment or, or wholesale deal. But yeah, I mean, that's for the most part, that's, that's what I'm doing. So that plus, you know, like just the stuff that, you know, I'm doing as an agent, which is just really kind of a byproduct of, you know, my, what I'm doing just with my investment business. It kind of starts out there and then those leads turn into either a wholesale or a rehab or a hotel. And if it doesn't, then it just turns into a listing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So as you're building this business, you're having pretty much a ton of exit strategies mm-hmm. as you're you know doing doing marketing and bringing more leads in you have yeah. a way to you know make money off of every deal that comes on your table yeah. pretty much oh yeah and then and that's an important thing with your real estate licenses you can just you know put it sell it to a retail buyer on the market or you can wholesale it to your network and i, I for just a would you say you're like a solo entrepreneur like you're sort of your own thing or do you have partners you work with a lot or? yeah I mean like when when I was when I was doing more volume wholesaling I had um, one person in particular that that I partnered with for several years okay. um, and then um, and it wasn't every single deal so we, we partnered on you know a good number of deals but um, you know it, yeah, we still kind of had our own businesses and we you know partnered up on certain things um, and then, you know like right now it's really like more of my volume is on the agent side really because of you know the pricing and everything so I do have a really strong team there. I mean, I'm, I'm part of one of the top listing teams in Chattanooga. So, um, you know, so we got like a ton of stuff set up there, like three full-time assistants and buyers agents and all that, mm-hmm. you know, so like that's where, you know, a lot of stuff is really set up in terms of like just basically automated. So, um, so yeah, I mean, like right now that's what works, but you know, again, things change and I'll, mm-hmm. you know, change how I'm, you know, have it structured. Yeah. 
you're very flexible with you know just with the time we have to be and that's another thing too yeah. i mean like in terms of like how to make it work i mean really is is being flexible and for me like i mean i'm somebody that wants things like you know to be like a certain way exact i mean you know i, I kind of like you know i mean my personality is more of um you know i want things to you know to have an exact answer or be a certain way and that's it you know but with real estate you know there is an aspect of of, of you know um, uh, of having that kind of personality, or that, or where that will pay off in real estate in terms of being able to negotiate and having, you know, just just you know, strength or, or, or posture in the way you talk to people. But at the same time, you still have to have the flexibility to know that, hey, when something you know goes sideways or you know something happens outside of your control, it just happens and you got to adjust to it. You know. Yeah, that's just real. Estate. It really is. It really is. Yeah. Okay. So. While you're talking about all that, I was thinking, so like most of the stuff you just make, you do like short profits, like you'll, you'll buy, but do you hold like rentals? Do you do other investments? Do you own hotels or anything? Are you like a, a very, uh, are you a rental investor? Well, no, I mean, at this point, it's, I mean, I'm just, I'm flipping, you know, so some of my thoughts are like right now when the market is really strong and I'm able to gain more profits from those deals. I mean, I'm just using that just to build up more capital to, you know, to, to really focus mostly on the rental and buy and hold, you know, whenever things, um, uh, you know, whenever the market is different, you know, now, and, and there's, you know, different um, thoughts about that. And I talk to my friends about that stuff all the time, you know, but for me, I mean, that's, that's what I'm doing, you know, right now. I'm, and, and if I had started, you know, differently where I'd had those resources, you know, uh, starting out, I mean, yeah, I would have, again, hung on to a ton mm-hmm. of stuff. So yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, my focus is, is not rentals. It's, it's, it's flipping and what I'm doing as an agent, you know, our listings. Um, and you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, um, I mean, am I positioned to, you know, to buy some rental property right now? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, when the, when the right deal comes around, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'll, I'll buy it, but I mean, it's not really my focus in terms of like building a portfolio right now. And, and in fact, like one of the things that we're talking to our, our investors about just on the agent side, cause we do a ton of, of work with, um, you know, just listing investment properties and working with investors. Um, like, you know, we're talking to them. We've been talking to them the past year about like, if you're going to sell your rental property anytime soon, like go ahead and sell it. Like you can probably make like, you know, the amount you could make in your, what you can sell it for right now can probably, and I even added this up on a deal yesterday that I just sold. Um, I mean, you can, in, in some instances make like, you know, as much in your, um, you know, your profit, like selling it right now as, you know, what you would get in rent for 30 or 40 years. I mean, I literally had a duplex I sold about a month ago where that, that is the case, you know, for the seller and she's super happy. And, you know, like right after that, she said, Hey, list two of my other properties, you know, which we have under contract right now, you know? So, so, so just based on like, just the way the market is like, just like, just so strong on the seller side. You know, to me, that's it's a great time to build up capital. You know, and you've got other people that have that maybe they've been buying and holding for a long time. You know, um, and that's still their strategy. They don't want to flip. Mm-hmm. You know, and they're still buying. You know, just like buying rental properties or apartments or whatever. That makes sense. Yeah, you know, and and you know, it just really comes down to like, what is your particular situation? What makes sense for you? Yeah, definitely. So. We've been talking a little bit about once the market cools down, what what would be your strategy? Like once it does, once you say, okay, now I think it's a good time to buy. It's not so much, you know, high margins on the seller side, and I think it's a good time to buy. What would be your strategy? What are you looking for? Well, I mean, I would actually. It's really going to be more of targeting, you know, those distressed sellers, and 
uh, you know, using a combination of private money, bank financing, even like subject to, you know, some of those creative strategies mm-hmm. just to acquire as many properties as I can, you know, and also have, you know, the capital that I've built up in this upswing to be able to, you know, put towards those properties. Cause I mean, like, you know, when, when you hear like people that, that are selling you the real estate education and almost all of them will say, you know, do deals with no money down and all that. And you can do it. Like I said, with my wholesaling, I mean, I did a lot of my wholesale deals with, with, basically nothing into the deal um you still need like capital you still and especially you start like building up rental properties you need money in reserve for expenses you know all of those things so um so that you know so for me i mean that's that's the focus is you know you to you know to have that capital available to go and like you know um, basically sustain that business when it's more of like you know the smaller checks coming in month to month versus like the bigger checks with the you know the flipping and the wholesaling mm-hmm. or even what i do as an agent yeah mm-hmm Definitely. Yeah. So um, the next question I'm going to ask, it's, it's one of Nick's favorite questions, but he's sadly not here. Uh, what, is, what is the end goal? Like, what, what are you aiming for? Like, what, at what point are you going to say, okay, I've, you know, I made it to where I want to be? Or, or is there even a point where that's going to happen? Um, well, I don't know if, if, if Jeff Holst watches this, I want to be like Jeff. Okay. We yeah. can tell him that. Um, <laughs> Move to Puerto Rico. <laughs> but yeah, well, and, and the reason I say that is because, yeah, I mean, to just to, to have the flexibility to go to Puerto Rico for a month if I need to, or, you know, just to have the passive income to where, you know, I don't have to go and do like as much of the hustling and as much of the, you know, like the active side of the business. And I think that's probably like every investor's, um, goal, you know, so that ultimately is it. And so for me, it's just like, you know, once my passive income just overshadows shadows like you know all of my expense plus extra money in the bank plus you know i mean like you know i have enough to cover everything passively financial freedom yeah no will i keep going yeah but will i will i take a break yeah you know yeah so that that's the goal i mean it's not you know now i mean i may end up like just you know i mean really like owning a ton of property and like you know go even further than what i would even think and that's very possible but really for me like just in terms of like my own you know, just satisfaction and saying, Hey, you know, like you're good. I mean, just simply having like everything taken care of pa- with passive income. That's, that's, that's it for now. Mm. Yeah. And do you plan to do that with just real estate? Or are you going to have stocks, you know, in business? What, what's your plan for that? Well, for just, that I mean, for real estate for now. Yeah. I mean, I haven't, I haven't even done anything with the stock market, you know, so I don't, I mean, I considered it, but I mean, with the way things are volatile and I mean, I know, I know people are making money in it, but at the same time, it's just, to me, that's like one more thing I'd have to go and learn when, mm-hmm. I mean, I already know like a ton of stuff about real estate and, you know, I've, I've had uh, great success in real estate and to me, it just makes more sense just to keep focusing on that, you know, I mean, have multiple strategies for the real estate, but I've also kind of found, you know, if you get like too, um, you know, too distracted in other things, you know, whether it's stocks or network marketing or, or other stuff, I mean, you can actually like kind of get off course, you know? Mm-hmm. So, so for me, it's just focus on the real estate for now. If something else comes up, that's great. But like, that's what I'm doing right now. So yeah, I mean that in terms of passive income. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something we were just talking about like 30 minutes ago yeah. is, um, you know, I don't, I don't want to dive into options trading and all yeah. this stuff with the stock yeah. market because it's something else I have to learn and like put my attention towards. And I feel like I got a pretty good grasp on real estate yeah. pretty quickly. So I, I just look for the, the long-term strategies that I don't have to do much thinking. Like I can just put it into like a, a dividend portfolio or like a mm-hmm. ETF. 
So that that's that's something we were literally just talking about. It's yeah. just like yeah. you know, just keep your focus, you know, somewhere else. You want like if I want to put money in the stock market, I can do something I don't have to think about and learn yeah. about, you know. That's a, maybe not gonna make me a thousand percent return in a week, but but I don't have to, you know, shift my focus away from sure. real estate. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, perfect. Yeah. yeah. It's really so, nice talking to you, man. Right. Yeah. Um, the last part is just sort of advice because, you know, you went to UTC and then you found a career that didn't really have to go with your degree. So um, what kind of advice would you give to the listeners that are uh, sort of in UTC right now and looking towards a career in real estate? Yeah. You know, I, I just, when you're saying that, I, I just thought of something that um, a psychology professor here said when I was here, he said that he studies people that start out in, in one career and do something totally different. Mm-hmm. You know, Dr. Hood, I don't know if he's still here. He's probably like super old if he is, but like, um, you know, and that ended up being me. I, and I never talked to him after mm-hmm. I left UTC, but, um, you know, but I just kind of going back to like, what advice would I give? I mean, really it's in terms of just like college and like what career you should take and the, and you know, just like, um, you know, what you should do or what direction you should go. It's really like, I think you should, I think you should really spend some time like understanding what you're getting into. Cause I can tell you like most things, real estate included, like it's not as glamorous as what it looks like on the outside, you know? And so really it would help significantly, whatever you're going to do, like talk to someone in that field or people in that field and get different opinions and find out, you know, what is their income? What is, you know, their level of stress? What is, you know, what do they like about it? What do they not like about it? You know, and just like, you know, just, just get more information about it. Cause again, I mean, like we, you know, at least, you know, when I was in, you know, high school and even before, you know, I mean, that was just kind of the message, you know, really the message of, you know, from someone who is middle class employee to other people that are going to be trained to be a middle class employee is, you know, go and work hard and get a good job and retire. I mean, it's like nothing in terms of entrepreneurship, nothing in terms of investing really, really. And that's something that really should be in our educational system. And it's, it's not, it's totally void, you know, so we're all just kind of trained to like do the rat race thing. So I would just say, find out what you're going to do. It doesn't mean you even have to be an investor or real estate and all that, because it's a lot of hard work, but whatever you're going to do, like find out more about it, you know, and just, and know that just because you have a degree or degrees like me, doesn't mean it's even going to, you know, really give you that good of an income, you know, because I mean, it's, I mean, the, the I mean, with universities, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a business. I mean, and they, you know, have, and I would say you would still, you know, with any degree, the experience can be good. You can learn a lot of really good stuff, but in terms of it being like just applicable to, you know, the real world and like bringing you the results you need, you got to find out more about it. So just in terms of that, that's what, that's what I would say, you know, would encourage people to do. And I will say that, um, I wish you guys or that people were doing this when I was in college. That's why, you know, when I first found out, um, I, I saw Nick at, uh, he came to one of our networking meetings a little over a year ago. And so, um, that's what I told him. I was like, man, that's, you know, that is super cool that UTC has a real estate, uh, podcast or real estate club, you know, to teach people about this, like before they even enter the workforce, like at least people that want to learn, you know, it's available. And I totally wish that that was available when I was here and I mean I really if I could do it over I would do real estate sooner I really would I mean I'd still probably go through college at least one degree but I would do real estate sooner you know just so I'd be that much far ahead so I mean it's just awesome that you guys are doing this you know so um so on on you know the 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 you know a broader perspective that's what I would suggest on the real estate side really again I think it comes down to your your network and the people you're connected with um and just staying consistent with it and understand you know there's good days and bad days but if you're doing things right and you've got the right resources and the right people in place, I mean, it's going to pay off, you know, so that's, that's what I would say. 
Yeah, that's awesome. And that, like, everything you said aligns with exactly what we wanted to get out of the real estate club. Yeah. Like, just give people not just a taste of what real estate might be, but a lot of people are getting experience out of just the networking opportunities, and they're getting to actually, you know, go work jobs in real estate before they even finish school. Mm -hmm. I think that's, like, like amazing, you know, because... one of one of the founding members, Damien, he was a psychology major as mm-hmm. well, and now he works in real estate. Good. He's a he's a project manager. Yeah, and that was something that you know he found you know through the club just like shortly before he graduated. Yeah, yeah. and um, like it's you know it's exactly what we're looking for. Like because some people some people don't know like you know maybe someone will walk into the club because they have nothing better to do and then mm-hmm. find you know the career that lets them fulfill their passions. Yeah, or, or just live the life they want to live. Yeah. And I, I just think it's awesome that what you said is exactly what we're aiming for with the club. So uh, that's awesome. Yeah, appreciate you coming on. Uh, how can people hear more about you? You you do YouTube. You've got a little bit of social media um, stuff. I'm you on do. Instagram. Um, my investment company is Facebook. It's on Facebook. It's Rock Solid Real Estate. Um, but if you just want to like find me personally, just in- Instagram. Just okay. Eddie Dot Bodkin is okay. my username. So yeah, you can connect with me there. Awesome. Well, Perfect. thank you. All right. Thanks, man. Sounds good. Thanks.